Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Listen, you don't have to live in the woods if you're a person that has mold illness in order to live. I know that people think this sometimes and I think it's because they get so overwhelmed that they don't know what to do. And when you don't know what to do, then the only answer is the most extreme answer because you don't actually know what's going on and how to fix it, right? But I will tell you this, I have worked with so many clients that have severe mold-related illness issues. And they're all able to live in their home when we're done, right? So it's it's not that you can't live in your home. It's not that you have to go live in the woods. You know, I, these these Facebook groups and, and people in general, honestly, the reason they say this is because they feel like they've exhausted all options. And the only thing left that they know to do is just to basically avoid everything they could think of that possibly has an issue and in doing so, of course they start to feel better because they're not around anything, right? But the the thing about it is that you don't have to go that far. Now, certain people might need to go further than others, but I have never seen, I literally have never seen a person that has not been able to live in a built home if the home is a healthy home and it's in a place that could be suitable for someone to live. Um, when we think about it, a lot of the times that people sort of end up at this point is because they've been on this journey for such a long time and things aren't working and they've brought people in and they're, they've, it's not that they're not trying, right? That's not what the point is. It's not like somebody's just waking up and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go live outside in the, in the woods one day because it's not possible, right? I saw a comment on a post that basically just said everything in the world is toxic and we should just go live in the woods. And... I mean, honestly, that's that's kind of a silly thing to say, but you have to think about why that person said that. That person said that probably because they're going through the struggle that we're talking about. They're probably really researching and trying to figure out what's going on, trying to understand everything, and they're probably having health issues. So when I say that it's a silly thing to say, it's not that that person's point of view is necessarily a silly point of view. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you only know what you know and you can only make decisions off of the information that you have and what you know. And the thing about learning things and evolving and, and just kind of growing is that as you learn new stuff, your perceptions and your views, they change, right? So let's say for example, and I know this for a fact because I work with somebody like this, all right? So when I started working with some um, somebody, this particular couple, years and years ago, well before I was doing any sort of anything publicly or anywhere I could talk about anything. Um, couple was living in their backyard. They were camping in their backyard. They were afraid to go in their house. Their house was making them sick. Both of them were really, really uh, severely reacting to the house. And I ended up working with them. And was the house a big project? It absolutely was a big project, right? Like, like there was a lot going on and that's why these people were reacting the way that they were reacting. But guess what? When it was done, 
they were able to move back in their house and they were so happy and so thankful and so grateful that they were able to do it. What did that mean? What does it mean when the house was done, when all that was going on? What it meant was the story that a lot of people have leading up to this. They found out they were sick. They hired somebody on Yelp that had five stars. That's great. Five stars is good for customer service. Does five stars mean that you actually really know what you're doing? No, that's not what the ratings mean. <laughs> like, like this, when you're thinking about ratings, you're looking to hire people. It's not just about like what the rating number says. Like the rating, the rating number is is just an interpret. It's almost like a popularity contest uh, when you're looking at ratings, right? Um, and most people don't give ratings. So again, if you're looking at ratings to determine who you're going to work with, is that really the best way to understand most people don't give ratings most people that are upset don't give ratings so yeah, if that is what you're looking at to make your decision on everything that you do in life i get it social media is a thing i understand what you need to do is look beyond the surface level of whatever a rating number looks like and actually dive into the person or the service that you're looking to use and figure out if they're the best fit for you. And it's not as easy as scrolling through Yelp or HomeAdvisor or Angie's List and looking at a rating. I'm sorry, it's just not that easy. And this is why people get kind of sucked into this path and this initial journey that go on all the time. So they go down this road, they figure out they're sick, they hire somebody on Yelp, the person comes in, what do they do? They do everything we talk about all the time that's not the way that you actually fix this stuff. They don't do an inspection. They do a couple air samples. They say everything's fine. You think everything's fine. It's not. Your doctor's then telling you, no, you're still being exposed. I'm seeing it in your test. You hire somebody else. They come out and that person comes out and they're like, oh, we found this one thing. It's the magic bullet. This is everything that's making you sick. Listen, guys, unless you are the most sensitive of sensitive sensitivities of the people in the world out there, one issue in your house is not going to trigger this massive health reaction. It's not going to happen that way unless you are like the 1% of hyper, hypersensitive people. So if you have a mold inspector that comes into your house and they say, oh, uh, we found the one thing that's making you sick. No, they didn't. They maybe found one thing that's contributing, but it's not the only thing. I promise you, I guarantee you that there's more than one thing going on in your house if you are truly having health reactions in your house because your body is built to, to process this stuff. So the reason that you have reactions is because you're being overexposed to things and your body can't handle the processing. Everybody's body is different. The speed that they can process and detox is different. So, the, but, but the thing is very, 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 very few circumstances. I'm not even saying rarely because rarely implies that it does happen like you know, enough to, to even give a word to it, right? I'm telling you from my own experience that almost never have I found someone that is that gets hit so hard from a tiny, tiny, tiny reaction that it completely throws a cascade of things. It's usually other reactions, or excuse me, it's usually a compilation of exposures that are creating a reaction. So when you have this like second, you know, mold inspector in this journey that we're talking about come into your house, they're going to say, oh, we found the one thing. Well, you know what? There's, there's typically more than one thing is what I'm telling you. So if they're telling you that, like, listen, it's kind of a red flag and yes, maybe that is a one thing. So sure. You should be looking into that, but don't think that's the only thing and that you're going to be fine afterwards. Cause it almost never happens that way. If you're somebody who's mold sensitive and then what are they going to do? They're gonna be like, oh, cut out this area over here. And then what are they going to do? They're not going to cut out enough and then they're not going to remediate it properly. And then, and then they're just going to say fog the rest of the house and everything's magically clean. Guys, 
I hate to break this to you and I hate to be the person that says this because I know a lot of people out there are like, all you do is tell us bad news. You don't tell us anything that's good. I'm telling you the truth so you can start to wrap your head around what that means for you and make educated decisions. That's what I'm telling you. And the truth is there isn't one little magic thing that's going to fix a house where somebody is having health reactions in the house. There's not one little magic thing. It's not a magic fog. It's not cutting out two inch, you know, two feet of drywall. That's not the fix. The fix is typically a larger home systemic thing that's going on. So when, when people say that they have to live in the woods because everything is so toxic, they're saying it because they've been working through this process with people that are not viewing it in the right light. If you're working with someone that doesn't continuously work with people that are in your same health condition and doesn't have a myriad of people singing their praises about how they've helped them, then how do you know that that person is actually the right person that's going to be able to help you navigate this stuff? I'll tell you this, people that we've worked with, that we figured it out, they will sing from the freaking mountaintops across the world telling everyone about it because their health improvement has been so dramatic and guess what they're all in Facebook groups and they have all you know all these different communities that are existing and everyone talks to everyone it's not like people aren't talking to everybody and every company is going to have its pros and its cons and you have to balance all that stuff out but the thing is living in the woods guys it can't be the option this can't be the life that we live and we're choosing to take that path and guys it's a choice to take that path I don't want you to I don't want us to feel like we're victims and there's nothing else that we can do. You are not a victim of this, okay? You are impacted by it, but when you take victim mentality, that means that you can never fix it and there's nothing that you can do about it. And that's the shift. There are things that we can do about it and there are ways to fix it and there are way to, ways to find places that aren't as bad, but there's gonna maybe need to be concessions along those lines, right? Like. Let's say that you're renting and you're in a place and, and you say, well, I'm renting. Uh, it's out of my control. Well, there are, you can get out of your lease. It's easy. I've done it multiple times. I have a training that teaches people how to do it. Like you can do that. So don't feel like you're victim to the contract. Okay. And truthfully, even if you are and they uphold the contract, I mean, how much are they really going to uphold it? You know how much money goes into like fighting these things and doing all this stuff when the reality is they could fill your unit in a very short period of time and then not worry about it anymore. So that isn't a reason to say that I can't do something. So then the next reason is, oh, well, every house is like this. Okay. These are generality statements that are kind of just being said because everybody says them, but nobody really understands what they mean. Every house is like this. Every house has a mold problem. I'm going to tell you that, yeah, every house probably does have some version of a mold problem. But go back to what I said before. One or two or three relatively small mold issues in a house is typically not going to trigger these more significant health reactions, even in someone who's hypersensitive. So for the person who watches this and comments and says, well, I'm super extra hypersensitive and that's not true. Guys, I'm telling you, I've worked with people in the same place 
And if and there's other things going on beyond that. A lot of times the, the extra hypersensitivity has nothing to do with the house anymore and it has to do with your body being retrained and rewired to react to things in different ways. So there's different elements and different things and I don't want to come off and say that that I don't understand where you're coming from and I'm not being sensitive. I I am not that in that health position. So I'm not going to say that I totally understand like what everyone's going through. And I get that there are, um, I get that there are extreme circumstances. And if you're in the extreme circumstance, then I would really love to help you. Right. Because you need the help. Like I would love to help you figure this out. Um, but most people are not in that extreme circumstance. Most people are reacting, but they're typically reacting to more things. So, you know, back to the story of this client. So this client was living in their backyard. They were basically of the mindset, we're gonna give one last shot to try to make our house work and otherwise we're gonna turn into like traveling nomads that live in the woods basically. And they were testing it out in their backyard. And and so we talked to them, come in. Guys, there was so much going on in this house, so much going on in this house. But again, a lot of it isn't super visible and easy to see. But there were so many problems. I remember walking into this house after the remediation was kind of done and ready to be looked at, and almost the entire downstairs was gutted. And uh, a, a few of the rooms upstairs had been kind of completely removed. There were really, really significant problems in this house. That's why these people got to the point where they felt like they had to go live in the woods. So, if you're thinking that your only solution is to not live a happy life because honestly going and living in the woods and running from something is not a happy life running and constantly being on the run is not a way to be happy and fulfilled in life and your life isn't really going to be that great you know you might be healthier because you're completely away from everything in the world but for most people, that's not going to be a life that they're going to want to live. I'm telling you, there's an option. There's an alternative. There's a way to live a happier life and live in a home and kind of have the things that you always imagined have having growing up and not feel like you're always on the run and you're always looking over your shoulder and you're always afraid that something that you can't see is out to get you. There is a path to get there. There's a way to get there. I've helped so many people get there right? And so this isn't about how I've helped and what I've done. That's not the point. The point of this is to let you know that, that you don't only have one choice. And it's not that your only one choice is to go run away and live in the woods and isolate from society for the rest of your life. That's not the choice. There's so many people, like I said, with relatively severe hypersensitivities that are able to make it work and, and live more you know, normal lives and, and living situations and they're able to, to deal and they're able to cope and do that stuff. And I want you to know that that's something that you can do too. And I want you to understand that there is a path to get there. And I want you to have hope and I don't want you to be running forever. And I don't want you to have this overwhelming sense of fear in everything that you do. Because frankly, if you're always afraid, your body is always going to be in that in that flight response. And, you're, and that means that you're never going to be able to heal anyway. So the fear is then going to perpetuate your sickness and you're never going to be able to actually heal. We have to fix the fear part of what's going on. And if we fix the fear part of what's going on by opening our eyes saying, hey, listen, there is a way that this can happen. There's a path that this can happen. Sure, there's steps that happen along the way and there's speed bumps and there's things that might not work. And you might have to think of maybe an alternative route. And 
we can do that. You can talk about that. We can figure that out. But I want us to shift from being afraid to taking it on, taking on the challenge being head on. And I don't want anyone whose spirit is broke right now. I don't want you to, I, I, I want you to get that back because when you first started, you didn't start with a broken spirit. When you first started down this road, you probably were trying to fix it and you were probably, and you were fighting and you were trying to figure it out. And at some point you gave up hope and you let, and, and then fear crept in. And when fear crept in, there's no way to get back, right? So please, please know that there's a path for you here. Please know that there's hope here. I would be more than happy to help any of you that need that, right? I mean, that's what we do. And if it's not us, then continue to listen and search and find whatever resonates with you and figure out what it is. And honestly, guys, at the end of the day, if the only thing that resonates with you is that you need to go live in the woods and you make peace with that and you're happy with that, then that's okay, right? Then I want that for you. If that's what will make you happy. What I have just seen in experience is that's not typically the choice that someone is making for happiness. That's the choice that someone is making out of fear. And so I don't want fear to be driving your decisions. And I want to let you know that fear is not the thing that needs to drive you. And there's a way to beat that fear. And beating that fear is understanding how to achieve something and getting that hope back. And once you get that hope back, you start getting momentum and you get motivation and you get little small wins and you start understanding what's going on. And yes, you're going to take a step back here or there and you can feel like you got you know, you got beat down today or maybe you lost today's battle, of course you're gonna feel that, but it's a war that you're fighting, a longer long-term war, and if you have hope that you're gonna win it and you're not afraid of the enemy the whole time, then you can win it, all right? And that's what I want you guys to know. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 